Justin, man, what's going on? Not much. Doing well. Uh, enjoying uh, a slightly warmer weather than you out where you are. That's not hard to do, and most of the time, Justin, it's not hard to do. Um, what uh, what's what's been going on in your little uh, corner of the insurance world lately? Well, we've been pretty busy. We uh, from be between the agency side of the business and then our uh, training company, Total CSR. Uh, we've just been uh, just kind of burning at both ends. We are in full-on development of the personal line side of Total CSR right now, um, having launched commercial lines and soft skills already. And so we've been uh, doing our road shows and, and getting the word out about our program and uh, just keeping busy and keeping focused on what we need to get done. You know, that's one of the things that surprises me. I, th I think, I don't know if it's, we have a higher per capita sort of thing uh, in, in the insurance space, but it feels like a lot of the, the best up and coming companies are really developing out of existing agencies. It's stuff that they've kind of developed and adopted themselves. And, and you guys are no exception to that. I kind of almost, I don't want to say forget, but I mean, you, you've, you've got like a top notch agency that you've kind of been in and have you noticed that trend to be similar? Is that, what would you attribute that to um, out of necessity or what? Yeah, I think what we're seeing is that for so long, we kept all waiting for the marketplace to yeah. solve some of our problems. And uh, either uh, the establishment uh, educational groups within our space, or whether it was a software company, the, the existing platforms did not have enough incentive to go and tackle some of these problems and us as retail agents or whether it would be a wholesaler uh, launching into into this space as well um, we had a need to solve our own problem and we couldn't sit on the sidelines anymore i mean for us specifically when we were training these millennials who are a different animal than generation x um, it, when you're doing it and you spend six months and you train someone like they're your own kid as if they're going to take over the business. And then they tell you 24 months later that, you know what, <sighs> insurance isn't for me and or, hey, there's another opportunity down the line that's a better fit for me within the insurance space, which we're excited for them. Hey, they got an opportunity, they're sticking in the, the business, that's great. But when you invest so much time into that person, it doesn't make financial sense for agencies to bring someone on. And so for us, we had to solve that problem, the time component. We had all the educational roadmaps set up. We knew exactly how to do it, but the human component of Justin training each person the first six months, it was an effective use of our, our dollars. And so we had to find a better way to do it. And I think that's what you're seeing in different pockets within, in, within our insurance space. Yeah, I mean, that's such a, a huge thing. One, because we don't necessarily dedicate the time to it. It's not really part of a lot of you know smaller agencies kind of roadmap, if you will. And then there's also this like kind of weird, you know, kind of backwards fear of, you know, well, I don't want to invest in people all this time training because of what might happen, right? You know, like we've been bitten so so long because insurance is such an unexpected career for so many that we, we kind of have this assumption that, you know, the survival rate is going to eventually catch up with us and, and we can't risk, you know, that time. Um, you know, what, 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 what kind of drove you to say like, man, listen, this is a problem and we need to figure out a way for our agency to solve this. It was, we were experiencing rapid growth within the agency. So we had to source people 
And being a boutique agency, so we, my retail agency specializes in trade contractors out in California. So we're very niche driven, very difficult to find people that want to play in that space, let alone are talented enough to do so. And so if I do find that person, usually they're already playing for one of the alphabet houses and the salary that they command doesn't make financial sense for the agency. So it was really dollars and cents. And so we looked at it and we said, what's it going to take to build it for ourselves? And we compared that long term to if we continue to use recruiters and and overpay for average talent in, in a lot of cases. And I say overpay for average talent, meaning you find people in our space that they know construction, they can do construction, but they are not about to change the way they do business to be more efficient, to uh, be more client facing, to be more critical thinking with their skills. And so what happens is just because they can do the construction insurance work, you hire them, but they can't really do that, that thing that brings the value to the insured. And so we said, we've got to do it differently. And when we finally figured out the cost to do it ourselves, it didn't make sense on its own, um, just in, a, in our own little bubble. In fact, we now know why no one's done what we've done before, because no agency in their right mind is going to spend a half million dollars building out a training program when they have one or two people a year they're training. It just doesn't financially pencil out. But for us, we said, this makes far more sense at the growth rate we're having over the next few years to do this versus just to continue to pay recruiters. And not that there's not a space for that, um, but it just didn't, didn't make uh, logical sense. And we said, why not teach them in a way that we can bring on young, new talent? And it also required a, a shift in mentality for us too. My brother and I, so my brother's my business partner, and he, he's a millennial and he has a very different mindset than, than me. And he had to get me out of my shell. And I just said, I want this person to stay with me for 30 years. And if they don't want to stay with me for 30 years, you know, they can go on so, you know, somewhere else. I don't want them at my agency. That was my previous thought process. And his thought process being a millennial is if they can deliver for you, if they can knock it out of the park for 24 or 36 months, and if we can onboard them as fast as we can now with it, it, using an e-learning component, then let's take that great person for as long as we can have them even if they do graduate on. I'd rather take that A player for two years than a C player for five years. And so it required that shift in mindset. And regrettably, it took my younger brother to, to shift my mindset. So um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's a, a difficult thing for agencies to have to adapt to this, this new environment that we've been facing, um, but it was necessary for our agency. Yeah, I mean, just the idea of what that A player is going to bring to the culture of the agency. What is that? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you've no, you noticed that just the fact of having that A player there for, like you said, a 24 to 36 months and what that allows, you know, again, making the other people better around him, you know, like um, just really elevating the level of play because they can see that and what it looks like. And, and I'm sure you found that even if it isn't for as long as you want, it's made everybody else in the agency probably better for it. That's just a, an assumption on my part. It's two things. So now we hire for aptitude and attitude along with emotional intelligence. So that's what we're looking for. I don't care if they have zero knowledge in insurance. I can teach that. I can't teach aptitude. I can't teach emotional intelligence. And 
Um, and that attitude, it's, it's something that's very hard to shape. So I'll give you the difference between an A and that C player. I just, I, so I'm still wearing two hats. I've got a retail agency. I have a very large uh, construction client I just went out and saw this morning. I have an account executive who's a millennial, who is an absolute A plus rock star player. She handled this renewal from start to finish. So all I had to do is smile and look good in front of the insured, right? And she's prepping, giving me notes before I'm going and presenting, right? A player versus C player who I have to micromanage throughout the process, who doesn't know how to negotiate with underwriters, who doesn't fully understand coverages, and who doesn't take the time to think, I got to double check Justin's schedule to make sure the timelines I have with the carriers map with when he can actually meet with the insured. So you've got such an advantage. And now I can, I can do much more because I'm relying on that A player. It's a massive difference, let alone she's the one who, when she finishes her work, before she just tells me, hey, I'm done, look at me, she goes and gets everybody else caught up and then says, look what we did, right? And that changes the culture radically. And, and real quick, if we could, Justin, just just sneak it in here, just a little extra, little special tip. I mean, can you talk to real quick? I mean, the idea that you know, what one, what is allowed to even put yourself in this position is just your 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 ability to dedicate on a specific niche, like you had said, like construction and stuff like that. Like, what? How? Can you just like give me like five seconds on just the importance that that has made the world of difference in your agency? Uh, sure. Uh, niche focus is important for several reasons. One, as far as efficiencies within the agencies, everything is templated in our agency down to every carrier we use, every proposal we use. And so we not only save time by having everything templated, but it makes it easier for our outsourcing team. We also leverage as well. It's organized for them. Everything's well thought out. And then when it comes to our marketing, we're not worried about fulfilling the needs of 10 different niches within the space and understanding the, those exposures. I can master one and some agencies, they can master two. I find that I'm only good with one, uh, but it allows me to do that much better and gain that much more leverage with the carriers because they know, hey, when it's Justin, he knows what he's talking about and this is all he's going after. So we have his full attention. So I, I think those are the ways it, it helps to be a niche. And what has that been like bringing new people into that environment where they might have a, a, you know, maybe a different expectation again, whether it's a millennial or I hear all the time, oh, I just, I love what I do because I could be talking to a restaurant guy one day and then this small business, like they just, they feel like, again, this little butterfly that can just float on wherever they want and that fulfills them. But again, that's the same person that's, you know, kind of always saying like they're struggling to find the, the client that they're looking for. How, how have you managed those expectations within that training process? Two ways. One, that person who needs that stimulation from so many different industries may not be a fit within my space. The great news, there's lots of other agencies that they could fit into so they can self-eliminate. And we are very honest up front about, hey, this is what our agency does. But the other part, within construction, right, we handle a lot of trade contractors. And most of them are artisan trade contractors, but those are there are those that work for developers, right? And there are those that have just general contractors as clients. And within those subsets in the artisan contractor world, there's so many different avenues you can take. Do they do retail, 
right? Do they do habitational? Are they doing industrial? So you're getting exposure to when as a contractor, contractors are working usually at other businesses, right? And you have to take those businesses exposures uh, at heart when you are insuring the risk. And if, for example, I'm a painter working at a nuclear power plant, I've got to think about certain things that I don't have to on a residential apartment, right? So they're going to get a lot of diversity, even though they're hyper-focused in one niche. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, it's definitely a challenge. And with with kind of that that prep and that training, I mean, now that you've kind of figured out what works for your agency, how have you kind of approached the rest of the industry? Because like you said, like it just doesn't make sense to dump all that money into building it just for one agency. Now, I mean, you're looking at multitude of agencies and, and what their requirements might be. What's the difference between, again, building something for yourself and then trying to open it up to the entire industry? Surprisingly, not very much. So we talk about when we talk to agencies about what total CSR is versus what they need to focus on within the agency. So all it is, is you're zooming out one layer. So to give a perfect example, commercial lines, we're focusing on six dominant coverages, work comp, GL, auto property, inland marine, and excess. And we're going to teach them how to get information for that, review and understand the loss runs, complete the accord app applications, do the submissions, review quotes, do the proposal, all of that, right? As it pertains to those. We're not talking specific niches in that regard. And we're, we're zooming out just enough so that we can cover more than construction. Um, but then the agency has to have a, a plan in place. So we talk a lot of our agencies about recording your workflows. So that's where the agency has to say, hey, I have an agency management system and we have set processes that work just for our agency. So yes, we can train them to do the job and, and after going through our program, they can be pretty darn effective. But what's even more effective is having that plan in place once they go through our coursework that, hey, this is going to show if whether they're on applied Epic or Vertifor, one of Vertifor's products as well, you name it, that there's that, that video tutorial that they're going to go through that's specific to the agency. So we're zoomed out one level so we don't dive into an agency management system, so we don't dive into a niche because then we limit who we can apply to. But we know almost every business out there is going to need those six coverages. And almost every agent out there, unless they're dealing with Main Street, is going to have to use and leverage commercial lines accord forms. Yeah, I'm, you've probably heard quite a bit over the, you know, and I remember talking like, you know, this was probably over a year ago when I mean, you guys were just getting rolling. And I mean, what, what have you heard over the evolution of the company of just the, the things from different agent owners of pushback to like, you know, because everybody's got their way of doing it, right? Um, what are some of the mistakes and or kind of maybe just kind of miss that, you know, oh, we have to do it this way or it's we do it this way because it's important. I'm, I'm sure you guys have focused in enough and, and have enough kind of data to back a lot of this up to where it's just, man, like some of these things, they're not really that important to focus on. These are the core things to really pay attention to when bringing new people in the agency. I think the biggest mistake we see is agencies do what we used to make the mistake of doing. We would send them away to coverage schools and I'm all about coverage knowledge. I'm a geek. I read policy forms for fun. But when we take new people within our space, 
and we teach them coverage versus teaching them the practical side of the business first, they get lost. There's too many variables at play. And so we tell them, we teach some coverage in our program. And what we say first is they're going to do mostly practical duties when they first come into this space. It's a lot of processing. They need to learn the processing and they need to learn the basics of coverage. Don't overdo it on the coverage knowledge right away. Right. So that's a mistake. Another mistake they make is, and, and this tends to really be an issue out in California. We tell them, don't wait to put them through licensing school, right? For whatever reason, people have been fed this belief that, hey, you pass licensing school, you know something. And so we hold this off until they've been with us three or four months and then send them through licensing school. Well, the reality yeah. is they need to pass licensing school and then forget everything they knew because they need stuff that's practical and real world. And so we tell them, get them licensed first and then have yeah. them come in day one and then they can learn how everything really applies in the business. And if they can get a couple of those mindset shifts, it's pretty effective. Yeah. Can we just, uh, I got to get your take, like licensing, right? Do we, do we need to relook at that? Like, is that something that could be more, a more effective process? Because I do feel like you learn most of the stuff that you forget, like within three months anyways. I think licensing is an illusion of a solution, much like I think some coverage courses that give you some initials after your name are an illusion of a solution. We have licensing. The purpose of licensing yeah. is to say that, hey, this person is competent to perform these duties. Well, when our whole industry can tell you that it doesn't help you at all and you barely retain any of that, then yeah. essentially the licensing schools are making money off of it. And look, I'm a capitalist, good for them. And the yeah. Department of Insurance is happy because they've got people with licenses. But the, the way we're doing it is not the right way. It doesn't best serve the consumer. Sure. I, I think you might be responsible for the first like fist pump ever. Like I did a fist pump a little bit, just a mini one here because uh, I've, I, I, I agree with you, right? Like I think it's a necessary barrier to entry because there's already enough like ridiculousness and tomfoolery that happens within the insurance space. So I think it's a, at least some form of barrier to entry, but ultimately just a very ineffective one at, once you've got, gotten on the other side of it. I think the worst part is um, too, is to the designation part that you might've alluded to, to where it's just like, uh, th there's this somehow satisfaction that you're proving your expertise by sitting in a room for X amount of hours and pretending to learn stuff. Am I, am I taking it too far or um, is that kind of s s what you see it as, as well a little bit? I think you're on point. I, I would say uh, to give you an example, I would put anyone who's gone through what, and I'm going to say my in-house program, total CSR plus what I do onboarding after eight weeks, and I'll put them up against account managers who've been in the business five years, and my people beat the pants off them all day long, right? Regardless if they've got their CIC, et cetera. And again, yeah. I have my CIC. I love the National Alliance. I think they do a great job, but I think it's better at more advanced levels um, than our, our beginners going through it. And when we have these these new individuals and we give them an initial, it's 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 dangerous in some ways because they assume that they know more than they really do. And then yeah. our insureds are entrusting them. And what we need to really teach them is, unless you're 100% sure, tell the insured you don't know, but you'll get back to them. And, and so I, I agree with you. I think uh, with a lot of these designations, we run the risk of 
putting ill-equipped people on the practical sense of things out on, on the front lines. Uh, it's one of the reasons why and um, we have been working on one of our other product launches, which is just going to be included to all of our, our members, is a, an add-on. So we've got built into Google Chrome an extension where all of our course material will be searchable via our extension. And that'll wow. go for every one of our courses. So it's quick reference because there's no way, even as good yeah. as we think our program is, that everyone's going to just have that in the back of their memory. We want them to be able to pull it up right then and there. And that's where I think we need to realize that humans aren't robots and yeah. we, we've got to really do a better job at delivering. Yeah. Wow. I like that. The Chrome extension, that's huge. Um, and, and really more of a real world, like just, Hey, back to that emotional intelligence of this is what people actually need versus this whole puffing our chest situation. I think the biggest thing, you know, that I think that the misconception with the, the way that we kind of prepare ourselves today for insurance, especially with the designations is that a lot of people assume that because there's letters after their name, people, the consumer knows what that means. And they feel like, it's a way to demonstrate expertise, but really that was, it's an outdated method as far as we can demonstrate our expertise much more easily today with the tools that are now available to us. And, and people can then see that if you put in the time, deliver the value sort of thing. Um, and, and, and that's, that's always fascinated me. I don't know if I necessarily have a question, a little mini soapbox, I guess, but, um, but yeah, I think, I think you and me are on the same page there as far as, as far as that goes. One thing I did want to jump back to is the um you'd mentioned like zooming out far enough right and i think all of this this conversation is putting it in the right context right of making sure they understand why they need to know these coverages before we try and teach them these coverages and and, and we have would you would you do you think we have a, a similar habit when we discuss things with the consumer as well just across the board of just jumping a couple steps too far ahead when to talking to insurance, whether it be on the employee side or the consumer side? Absolutely. I'll give you a great example. So one, if you ask anybody with put any group of initials after their last name and then ask them to explain general liability insurance in one minute or less, most of them can't do sure. it. And yeah. you will hear a rambling explanation and I'm guilty of it too. And it wasn't until when we were building the program and my CTO is working with me and we're trying to build out this coursework. And he says, Justin, you're making far too many assumptions about my knowledge. You need to walk this through and I need to be able to make connections as a, a novice, if you will. And so again, yeah. not out of my own knowledge base, it was yet another millennial telling me, hey, Justin, you're making too many assumptions. And so absolutely, we have to speak at their level using plain English. I understand the educators are going to get upset because it doesn't necessarily align with policy verbiage, but I think it's more important that the insured actually grasp the concept of the insurance versus understanding that, hey, I understand this form number, et cetera, and why that date is the addition date that it is. I, I just think we have to speak on their level because ultimately, I think if you go in front of an expert witness and, and you're asked to regurgitate what you told the insured, if you didn't speak in layperson's terms, I think you're up a creek without a paddle. 
Yeah, I always equate it to like it's never a good day when you make someone feel stupid. You know, it's like that's not our job. It's uh, it's how can you, like you said, get to it as simply and and quickly as possible. And and um, you sounding smart does not make that that does not transfer to like the other person. And uh, I'm curious. This might be a little out of left field, uh, but you know the whole like insure tech movement and i guess you guys could you know be considered part of that you know as as crazy as you know like really just you know very effective and efficient training would be considered uh, how does that move forward into where you know like we're trying to get away from even you know automating some of these processes to maybe not having to ask some of these questions to not even have to worry about uh communicating some pieces of information where, where do you think things are heading in that regards have you given any thoughts to, to what that would look like I don't know if it would, you know, what, I don't even know if I want to go as far as asking about the training implications of it, but just the overall process of simplifying insurance across the board where we, we can communicate this more effectively. Uh, I, I think there's two different directions. One with big data, I think ultimately what we're going to find is we're going to find a better way to ask the right questions so that our insureds will actually talk to us, right? I give them right now, I give them a three page supplemental application with 92 questions that they have to go through, right? And I'm either asking them myself or they're going through the questionnaire. And because it's that long, they check out, they just kind of go through the motions and maybe we didn't even word it correctly. And, and so they're lost. And ultimately what I think is gonna happen with the insure text and the big data that we have is we're gonna understand that there's probably three questions we need to ask. And those questions drive what that loss ratio is gonna look like and so we need these three questions answered. So I think from that standpoint, ultimately that's the direction we go and whoever figures that out first wins the game. Um, aside from that with training, I'll go back to where we're headed like with total CSR with the Chrome extension. One of the things that we're building in addition to our commercial lines side is we're gonna build this repository of information, right? And ultimately, and I'm maybe letting the cat out of the bag a little bit, but we're hoping that the people that are searching our repository of information ask questions we don't have the answer for so that we go and build a bigger and better database, right? So that ultimately all of our agencies that use our platform, the, let's say the office manager, the account executive no longer has to answer the easy questions or the ones that are the same across the board, right? that we have a foundational knowledge that someone has access to, much like we can go to Google, right? And so time's not wasted there. There's a better and higher use of their time. So I, I see technology moving in that way as well. So we're not having that redundant conversation where I have five people that report to me, they all ask me the same question. Rather, they'll probably go to a Chrome extension and ask the question and it's fully there with an example and then I can be there to answer real world problems and a better and higher use of my talents. Yeah, you know, and this I think is maybe a mini war that we're kind of fighting within the industry is that there's, there feels to be some sort of maybe, I don't know if it's a real, real it's a perceived threat, I guess, to our relevancy in some cases. Um, and and I, I've, always, I've always kind of been curious as to why uh, a lot of people feel that way. Um, I guess one thing I should mention real quickly, your, your brother, Jordan, is going to be at Elevate and uh, we've got him on the uh, how to massively improve the direction of insurance information panel with a bunch of other uh, smart people trying to do the same thing. 
um, what for that, you know, again, that it's, it's really about how do we make that information more accessible, much like you just said, um, what, what's one of the biggest things, if you did say, this is something that we need to not be afraid of this, this actually allows you to kind of take a step up and, and be better and focus on higher value things. What, what are some of the conversations you've had when kind of explaining that? Are you speaking specifically towards the technology piece? Just, yeah, I mean, to, to like, to, like you said, the ability to aggregate that information, right? To, to where that simple question doesn't have to be a, a, a drain on the agency and the agency then has time to focus its efforts elsewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'll give an example and, and, and this is not a plug. I'm not paid for that by, by them, but uh, Indio, right? Mm -hmm. um, what they do with, uh, uh, you know, agency data, pushing it back and forth and having a way um, for data to move from the agency management system uh, and to a place where the insured can answer it without having to go and fill out a PDF form, right? I think those type of tools are incredibly valuable because what you have in a lot of offices is people are formatting renewal letters, taking the time to type them up and then adding an attachment and, and going through this manual process and they're afraid, will my, my client actually go and fill this out online? And so they're resistant, but the cost of the agency is so substantial. So they're afraid of it. And or what you're seeing most agencies go towards is e-signatures, right? Well, what if my insured doesn't really read the documents because all they have to do is initial and then it gets sent back to me? Well, newsflash, they're not looking at your documents <laughs> anyway, right? Yeah. And that's just a couple that just popped into my head, those practical examples I see. Yeah. And there's this, there's this idea of the way we want our insurance kind of experience to be. And then there's like the reality of it and um, how, I don't think we're that disconnected, but I mean, are we getting better? And, and, and do you think some of these conversations with these technologies, with these companies that are, like we said, kind of spinning up out of, you know, agencies that have just kind of self kind of medicated, if you will, the need, uh, is this something that is on its way to correcting itself? I, I think it depends on the area you're talking about. Um, some of the insure techs that I've spoken to, the drawback is they're not getting enough feedback from the people they serve. And, mm -hmm. and so I think they'll be far less effective than they, they could have been. Right. I think, um, I, I've experienced a few of the insure techs where the ego of we're coming out of the, you know, we're, we're from the tech world, you agency people are behind the curve. And what they're not realizing is there's a lot of people with very high aptitudes that are in this space that if you got their feedback, it'd make your product that much better. Um, so uh, I think those that listen and, and get the input of their customer base will be a lot more effective than those that don't. And I know that sounds very simple, but I can tell you as somebody with an ego, um, and I, I get a lot of feedback from our agencies as we're trying to build this program, it does, you know, you, you die a little inside every time someone tells you, hey, you fell short there, right? Yeah. And, and, but you got to take that and, and, and you have to flip it and say, that's going to allow me to sell more because it's a better solution, right? And, and I failed to meet the expectations that someone paid for for this service. So um, I, I think that mindset's going to make or break any of these companies that's coming in. 
And the more they can leverage uh, the agencies they work with for input, I think the better off they'll be. So real quick, as we start to kind of wrap this up, Justin, I, where can people go check out, uh, connect with you a little bit further, learn more about, you know, kind of what you guys are doing? What's the best place to get in touch with you? So to find out more, go to totalcsr.com. And if you have questions, you can always email me, justin at totalcsr.com. Oftentimes we have agencies just call us and say, hey, here's what we're dealing with on the onboarding or the training side. Do you think we're a fit? We're happy to answer those questions. We're an open book on what we are, what we aren't with our program. You go to the site, you can book a demo. We will walk you through every bit of our program so that there are no surprises. We don't want that to be an illusion of a solution. If it doesn't fit for your needs, we don't want you paying for it because then you're going to tell 10 people. Um, but yeah, totalcsr.com. And we've been on a, a few podcasts as well. And uh, uh, we'll be at uh, Elevate as well and uh, a few other conferences coming up. All right. And and this is, uh, I'm curious as to, to where you go with this. Let's just pretend for a second that you had the ability to mandate just kind of one thing across the entire industry, that it came to shaping the perspective and just mindset that people go into training and and just preparing their people. What is the What is that one thing that you think above everything else, start here and your life is going to be that much easier? Start here and your life is going to be that much easier. I would say take every process within your agency, standardize it, make sure you've got buy-in from everyone, and then spend 30 bucks on a microphone and record it so that you don't have to keep repeating that process with everybody and you're not playing a game of telephone and onboarding. That's the simplest, most cost-effective way to, to improve things. And if people would do that, they'd be massively ahead of where they are today. 